Blog Talk Radio. white folks and be able to raise the question what is it that we're going to do independent of white people it is very very hard for us to envision a world without white people but we cannot create our own agenda until and unless we can define an agenda that can envision a world in which they don't exist now we have to wake up and come back to the reality of them but certainly when we talk about a future we have to talk about a future from our point of view and our historical understanding of reality. Salbona, Habargani, Anisogoma, Indamanesh, Indamana, Yemhotep, Nangadeth, Majwo, Um, I'm going to warn everyone at the outset that Sprint and my phone connection has been tripping this whole entire weekend, so I don't know what to expect. <clears throat> but we're going to, and it dropped twice already and just falling in. But um, we're going to go ahead. Liberally, See what I'm saying? Asasiya insa. Abasu insa. And so, 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 and
Akonadi Abena inside, Asubonte inside, Ochoewa inside, Tamensa inside, Chago inside, Oya inside, Oshun inside, Chuhuti inside, Asar inside, Sekmet inside, Nanamama and Samantha inside, and Samantha Abasuafau inside, Basun Abasuafau. Yeshremo Yansa, Yeshremo Ahod, Yeshremo Anchit, Sikab, Yeshremo Wow, this is going to be interesting and frustrating both at the same time. And I wish I could talk it up to you. Then, like the show is so important, you don't want folks to hear it. But this has been, for some reason, happening the whole weekend with my phone and Sprint. So I can't really say it's a conspiracy. It's just the heat and cell phone towers and Sprint's horribility and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, um, so, yeah, so please bear with me. <laughs> as hopefully it doesn't happen anymore, but bear with me. Uh, so, yeah, so please click on all the ads. That helps me out with the program and with 
Blog Talk. Um, we have the YouTube page, Africa's Reassessment. You type that in um, on YouTube. We've got uh, visual clips of our archives, favorites saved from YouTube, and I've done a few uploads. So Amos Wilson, Mama Marimba, Dr. Clark, and others are there, so check it out. A-F-R-I-K-A-S-R-E-A-S-C-E-N-T-I-O-N, Africa's Reascension, all one word, on YouTube. Check that show out. Check that channel out. Um, Other good blog talk shows, Pan-Africanism or Parish, Taj Malik, Thursdays, 10 o'clock. He's been off for a while. He's got another good show, I think, right at the beginning of August, if you want to check him out. Africa's Holistic Healing, Ambassador Sar, and uh, Mr. Holipsky, the 19th at 9 p.m. They just had a good show dealing with um, his sacrifice still needed within the African spiritual community today. And that was a real good show. A lot, a lot of real good information. You want to check out that archive <clears throat> there on the 9th and 19th of every month at 9 p.m. And then Queenie Fama, the Truth Terrorist, at 7 um, on Sundays, right before this one. So a lot of folks may have listened to her and now come in here. Um, so hers is from 7 to 9. Queen Ifama, I F A M A, the Truth Terrorist. Um, a few events like we've been. Talking about it's coming up next week. Be there, um, July 26th through 31st, the 43rd annual convention of the Association of Black Psychologists, Crystal City, Virginia. The theme is Aquabit and the Warhorn, doing for the future through collaboration and community building. Um, I just found out that Dr. Francis Chris Wilson will be there giving a keynote, um, giving a major lecture. Uh, Dr. Mirambani will also be there, um, so I'll definitely be in attendance for her. Uh, Thomas Moore, who's been dealing a lot with um, the melanin issue, he'll be there. Um, a lot of good stuff will be going on next week. <clears throat> so if you're anywhere in the D.C., Virginia, or Maryland area, um, come on. 31st. And for more information, AB. That all next week up until about Sunday. And so then on Sunday, again, for folks who are here in this area, um, the Temple of Vinyame will be having the Orisha's Feast Community Day. Honoring and Celebrating the Orisha, Essence of Nature and Prayer, Song, and Dance. That will be on Sunday, July 31st um, at 4 p.m. Um, it's at 1501T, as in Thomas Street, T Street Southeast. Um, and that, that, that it's, it's a great festival to honor the Orisha, honor our African Gods and spirit forces So again um, 31st 4 o'clock 1501 T Street Southeast Come on down for the Temple of Inyame's Orisha Feast It's 
So Black Psychologist got the week, and then we can end it with a good um, festival honoring our African spirit forces that Sunday. Um, Sunday, August 14th, again here in the Virginia area, IA Chap Division 330 will be having their annual Marcus presentation focusing on reaffirmation as the way forward. August 14th, Park uh, Northwest. Um, they'll have uh, keynote speakers, some drummers, dancers, spoken word. Um, I'm, I'm part of the committee. Um, so make sure you are there too to honor Marcus Garvey. Thing organization as the way forward. Sunday, August 14th, 2 p.m. to 7 at Nation House, 770 Northwest here. And two weeks I've forgotten my mind, but um, August 20th, you definitely want to go to the Nat Turner Day celebration. That will be from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the National Black Theater, 2033 National Black Theater Way um, in Harlem, and um, Brother um, Wally Mubaruti will be the keynote speaker there. They'll be having conscious musical performances by um, Brothers Keeper. And if you haven't already seen this play, it is a magnificent, monumental, grand you be there. If you're a nationalist, pan-Africanist, pro-black, African-centered, you got those labels at heart. So, so you Negro look at you differently uh, <laughs> if they come and, and see what's going on. When it was here in D.C., I, I, I had to go see it, and it was phenomenal. <laughs> um, and once I find it, I would like to play to give you an idea idea of what to expect for this Nat Turner Day celebration. Again, 5 to 10 p.m., National Black Theater, 2033 National Black Theater. Discount tickets are over with now, so I think it's like 20, 25 bucks, but it is definitely worth it. Definitely, definitely Definitely worth it. So here's one of the numbers that they may play. About. Thank you. 
back of Jesus, where the hell you been? So, yeah, so anybody <laughs> there from, listening from New York, you want to be there. <laughs> August 20th, 5 to 10 at the National Black Theater. You definitely want to be there. It's a magnificent, magnificent celebration and play and all of that. So, yeah, so the standards of being African, we have... Been talking about, talking around, talking next to this issue. Um, I sort of dealt with it. I was listening back to my own archives. The third, fourth, no, the second, third, and fourth show when we were going into exposing the fallacies of the African origins of Christianity, I sort of touched on it then with um, the Anyame and Shesha paradigm. And so if if you've forgotten about that show, re-listen to it, re-download it. Um, if you never heard it, shame on you. I got five pages of archives. Um, the one year anniversary is coming up. Um, so, yes, that second, third, and fourth show. But this time we are going to deal, dive headlong into it. Um, reading from the show page The Masterwork, the Sankofa Movement, Reaffirmization, and the Reality of War by the Okoto Family put together a list of over 100, I think it's about 120, uh, 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 yeah, um, key and critical items based on copious research, experiential knowledge, travels back and forth to the traditional areas on the continent, and living these items. So I, I deliberately put all that there so it's not just folks that was just in a library for weeks and weeks and put all this together. It's not just folks that went back and forth to the continent but ain't doing it. No, the total way that you do research, this is experiential <clears throat> as well as um, the book stuff. It's all there. So now we here have labeled this the standards to being African. They call it Nyame and Sheshe. Um, or Nyame's order. Um, while they admit, the Okoto family, they admit it is not to be list. Like if you do all these 120, then you're African. No, they're not going there. Um, but we here at Africa's Reascension would like to note that this is the most detailed and thorough gathering of these aspects of our culture that has stood the test of time and that must be duplicated today to move us forward towards eventual victory. And there's also forward-thinking items in this great list as well. So not only do they look and, 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 and take a checklist, if you will, of those static elements of culture that stood the test of time that we need to do, they also have some ideas and aspects in there of um, present thinking and forward thinking, how we should be thinking and acting now and moving forward. And so as we go through it, like I say, that will make itself apparent. So for everyone who asks, what
<sighs> the height of irritability. Uh. All right, we move forward. So yeah, so for anyone who asks, what does being African mean today? Get them listening to this show and to get the book, Sankofa Movement, Raffinization, and the Reality of War. Um, after this show, or it seems like there's going to have to be some shows, um, no longer will some be able to willy-nilly attach African to any old thing. No longer will folks get away with behaving any old way and calling it African. We now have some standards to judge by, just as any and every culture has, actually. So, uh, if we can ever get through this show, <laughs> this will be, um, hopefully it will get to be our most downloaded show, if for no other fact than Finally, there's some standards because you got new age black folks that's labeling some of their stuff as African, and of course you got you know the Muslim certain factions of the Muslims that want to do it, certain factions of the Moors. They want, everybody again is claiming bits and pieces of Africa, but don't know one, and then try to redefine Africa to fit what they are talking about, and no one. None of these folks want to deal with Africa on her own terms. And so we are going to lay out some stuff on Africa's own terms. So now you, the listener, live or archived, you will now, this is hopefully to give you a template to where you can read through this stuff, and if what somebody's saying doesn't fit, Within, you know, a, a large number of these areas and precepts that we're going to be laid, laying out, you will then be able to say, okay, that don't sound like it's African because it doesn't fit this, 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 and that. So, um, and then you can jettison it and then move on. So, so that's one of the whole reasons why we're doing this is because so many folks are using the label African but not being African. And that's been confusing people. That's been muddying up the water. That has been turning some folks off from it. No, we're going to remove the dust, remove the clouds, put it on Front Street, and then watch the reactions as, as they come. And but then, I, in the main, move forward with building our African nation. Now that um, some standards and some specifics have been laid out on what to look for, what to expect, what to jettison, all that sort of stuff. So I am going to play one of my favorite favorite clips based on what we just. What I just got finished saying, and there's some cussing involved, so if folks are squeamish about cussing, um, you might want to, you know, go away for the next four minutes and 48 seconds. But this is, the the, 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 the again, I wish I would have did it. This is one of the best breakdowns of how folks are using Africa but not being African to promote their stuff 
and messing up stuff. And then after this clip, we're going to come back and get into it because I don't know when the next time this damn phone will drop. I'm going to make this real clear, all right? The only fucking reason we ever listened to the Nation of Islam because they used that black shit. The only fucking reason we listened to Nation Gods on Earth because they used that black shit. The only reason we listened to the black Hebrews because they used that black shit. The only reason we listened to the black Christian nationalists because they used that black shit. And if we can agree that they all used that black shit, then why not go back to the black shit? That is the mama which is made. That is the point. Why you continue to play games with me? You're using my black shit and covering it up with the bullshit. So all you do is wipe off the bullshit and get you the black shit, which is the only shit. It makes absolutely no sense. You go to church, you go to church, you pray. You dance and you sing. You go to a white church, you sit there like a fucking monk. The difference between the white church and the black church is the black shit. So why not just go back to the black shit? Go to the most high point of anything. Go home before you was corrupted. It is a clear time frame reference where the only people on the planet were those black people. There was no Islam. There was no Judaism. There was no lessons. There was no gods on earth. There was no word for God. Just original people vibing with each other. Soul, soul, fun beings. So I'm not mad if you continue to use my black stuff, but don't get mad at me because I refuse to be tricked. Give me the uncut thing. Okay? I said this before. If you're going to get high for cocaine, don't sniff the scramble. Get the raw shit. All right? If you're going to practice spirituality, get the raw shit. Stop dealing with the cut. Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Nation of God on Earth, West Muhammad, they all deal with the cut. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. It ain't even hard to see. It's very, very simple. So I'm not trying to advocate or even say, well, they're using it. Well, if they're using that, why don't they go back to the stuff they claim they use? If if they use that in, in their literature, right, and they say it's right and exact, then why not go back to the point of origin of the things that they claim is right and exact? If you're going to use uh, Timbuktu, if you're going to use uh, ancient African science, if you're going to use the pyramids and say, yeah, but you created that, right, you already know if we take anything you're talking about, then why not go back to that? That is the fundamental difference. I refuse to stay in mediocrity. I refuse to be conquered by religion. You're conquered by religion if you're trying to explain to me that the brothers are talking about the black stuff, but they're still Muslims. They're conquered by religion. With the first thing that ever walked upright. With the first people that ever thought about reading and writing. Philosophical thought, mathematics, science. 
You cannot defeat your enemy with the cut. He will wash your cut ass away. That's why I say what I say. Because it's black African power, not black Christian Muslim Hebrew Gazaru power. That is no power. That's called lack of power. And you're suffering from post-traumatic slave syndrome. Inferiority complex those brothers have. If you're Muslim and you're black Muslim, you're suffering from an inferiority complex. If you're a Christian and you're a black Christian, you're suffering from an inferiority complex. If you're a nation gods on earth, you're suffering from an inferiority complex because you're saying that some people came in and gave you something and now you accept it, meaning your system was inferior to what was brought into you. And I refuse to do that. It seems like all of these shows that we, we, we have certain clips that we just love. I remember on Mr. Holipsism show, he had this one clip of um, Seti just jamming up one of those knucklehead uh, Moorish brothers, and they would play it, you know, every episode. This, for me, is Africa's Reascension's favorite clip because Brother Aunt just lays it out unlike anything I've heard thus far. So, standards of being African. So, what I'm going to read now is this is from the um, Okotos, but this is from the um, <clears throat> Sankofa Journal. Uh, back in 2010, and I didn't include this. If you on the show page that 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 I've linked in the Inyame and Sheshe paradigm, and you can um, access it through Google Docs. So, if you just click that link. The document that I'll be um, reading from in a minute, um, you'll be able to read along with me. Where all of the all of the areas and precepts are there. Um, but what I'm about to be reading from now, uh, it just came to me, so I didn't put it in there. But um, in 2010, they did a piece called "On Becoming," excuse me, "On Being and Becoming African: Consciousness, Culture, and Worldview." And so I just want to read a little bit of this because I think it sets up what they were thinking about when they put together the Inyame and Sheshe paradigm. And so this helps, This, like I said, this will set up moving into the document that's in the book. The challenges that confront us are many and varied in form. There is no greater challenge than the achievement of solidarity within our families and communities. At the basis of solidarity are the elaboration, actualization, and perpetuation of a comprehensive global life paradigm or consciousness. That is, a very specific way of seeing, comprehending, and engaging the world that is shared by all. Now, just to stop there, just that, just those senses alone should let it be known that this color-based unity or this oppression-based unity will not work. It does not have the depth enough to maintain long-term unity and stability and nation-building, all that sort of stuff. And and in two lines, they basically just laid it out. You have to have that specific way of seeing, comprehending, and engaging the world that is shared by all within 
the particular nation that you want to form. And once you get a, a, a critical mass that's moving forward to the beat of that similar djembe, then you can move forward with nation. Until then, you're just talking. Until then, it just sounds cute, but this Hebrews, Christians, Muslims, Moors, African-centered people all getting together and creating a nation, it's not going to happen. we got to have similar worldviews, and so we're going to lay it out. Continuing, we know that phylogenetic and phenotypic factors are powerful reminders of who we are and how we behave. They alone, however, are incomplete. The historical experience that shaped our physiological, psychological, and sacred aspects of ourselves is indelibly encoded in our Africanity. However, the experience of millennia of progressive ethnic community fragmentation and centuries of social engineering designed to sustain a state of cultural dementia has severely crippled our collective self-consciousness and thereby disallowed a culturally coherent and focused sense of being and becoming. To pause again, very few people on these blog talk shows and on these YouTube channels are talking about cultural coherency. They're talking about putting their religion aside and putting all the differences aside and putting this belief aside, putting that You're new to this. If you're saying that, you're new to this. And you need to push the mic away, push the webcam away, and sit at the feet of folks that's been doing this a little bit longer than you. Sit at the feet of folks who have tried all of that 20, 30 years ago, has shown empirically that it's failed, and that's moving and doing something different. Continuing. This is the essence of a cultural paradigm. It is not the product of an individual or a single family. It is the work of many families and communities over generations. The issues of the sacred, national history, morality, ideology, cosmology, ontology, epistemology, katawakasis, or etc., as well as the psychology, arts, education, etc., have been and are being aggressively and continuously addressed in our community as cultural expression. These areas of study and behavior are the components of the cultural thought and practice that are essential to the sense of solidarity that we require. Hear this. Please hear this. But it is the codification, adoption, collective commitment, and intergenerational transmission of that comprehensive, coherent, and focused sense of being and becoming African that is among our greatest challenges. So now that that helps, uh, I hope that helps to set up the framework of um, what they had created in Yame and Sheshe Paradigm. So, again, now we're going to directly jump into the document. So if you're on your computer, um, on the show page, that, that linked piece is um, a Google Docs piece where I put in the Nyame and Sheshe paradigm. And now I don't know if you can save it 
I know, and and have it and print it out and stuff. So for anyone that actually wants a full physical copy of it, shoot me up an email at kamal301 at yahoo.com, and I do have it available um, as a PDF, and I can just send it to you, and you can have it. And also, just get this Sankofa Movement, <laughs> Raphnization and Rally of War by the Okoto family, A-K-O-T-O, and I don't think you can get it on Amazon. You can go to um, just just type in Sankofa Movement or Koto and some other, I think, African Jele, D-I-E-L-I. I think they have some available online. Or, again, since I'm here in D.C., hit me up with the email, and we can work out how to get the monies to get the book. It's 22 bucks, and it is one of the best books of uh, theoretical and practical information over a 30-year process, um, unapologetically African-centered, that is on the market today, one of the best books out there. So the Nyame and Sheshe Paradigm. So we'll be reading right from the bottom of page 14 under Major Tenets. One of the principles that is fundamental to the Nyame and Sheshe Paradigm is the imperative that Odumakuma imparted to all creation to survive, develop, and expand. Survive, develop, and then expand. Right now, we're just stuck on being able to survive and being able to survive on enemy soil in the belly of the beast. At some point, a a, a critical mass of us has to break away from that so we can then focus on developing, developing the nation, developing the infrastructure, developing that comprehensive worldview um, aspect that we all talk about, and then move to the expansion piece. Um, But right now, the majority of us are just trying to survive and then you even got a whole bunch of folks. I mean, <laughs> me and Holep have been sort of battling knuckleheads. He he more than me because he's got stuff up on YouTube, and folks are just trying to, but they can't because <laughs> Holep stuff is too powerful. But trying to shoot it down um, because they they, they want to survive on American terms, and and if what we've been doing. In this country for the past hundred years is okay for them, then go ahead and leave us alone and do that American thing and stop doing video responses and stop sending stupid comments to us. We don't we are not gonna go the American route. Period. Let's just say that out point blank. So all these folks that are trying to create YouTube responses and talking about the air and all that if you want to do the American thing, go ahead. Leave us the hell alone. However, the consequence of that is once we have developed an infrastructure and institutions and other stuff like that, we know your name, and you've given us your face and what you look like, and you may not be allowed to come in to to, to, to help us move forward. Since you've been so adamant against it now, once we get the ball rolling, don't jump on the bandwagon then. I'm sorry, I, that, that that might just be me. Other folks may feel differently. I might get outvoted on that. But some of these folks are putting so much energy into being anti-African and being pro-American 
for a myriad of reasons. Once we get our stuff more concretized and more and 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 it folks are being able to see some tangible results from it, we're gonna be looking for y'all <laughs> to be knocking at the door. And you may get rejected at that door because of your visceral attacks now when we were putting stuff together. I'm, I'm getting off the track because we got a lot of information to put out. But some of this is just pissing me off. And, and we're repeating the same stuff over and over again. If you listen to some of these folks and we've responded to them, they can't hear the, 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 the American wax built up in their ears so they can't hear it. So they bounce to other blog talk shows and be saying the same stuff. It's like, shut up! Okay. Breathe. There are several related principles that occasion that survival and development. They include the principles of complementarity, twinness and duality, balance and reciprocity. These and other principles are the fundamental aspects in all traditional African cosmologies. They necessarily inform, then, the major tenets that are fundamental to Anyame and Shesha. So if you got the document again on page 14 and 15, you've got these major tenant areas, and then within each tenant area they have um, specifics. And so the major tenant areas, first one, the preeminence of spirit. Next, complementarity and balance. C, Asasaya, Mother Earth and Ecological Balance. D, Spirocyclic nature of history and reality. E, family, continuity and intergenerational transmission. F, Saban Trine, or righteous character. G, reafrinization, personal and collective identity, healing, transformation, and development. And then H, nation building, national sovereignty, and the war of irreconcilable cultural realities. So let's see, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that's eight major tenant areas. So those are the that's the umbrella pieces. And then under each one of those eight, they have, you know, maybe ten to twenty specific areas, specific other principles. We've provided below a listing of several related principles for each of the major tenets of Inyame and Shesha. And um, additional comments are provided on the spirituality and history as they are central pillars. So that part is after they list all the, the, the tenets and the principles, then they specifically go in to a discussion on spirit and history, which I did not fully add in there because we just want to focus here on the Nyame Sheshe paradigm. So under the preeminence of spirit, they have 13 items. And now what I want to do is, again, we'll probably have multiple shows of this because I want to deliberately, not rush and go through each one of these. And if there's added stuff that needs to be said, want to go ahead and be able to say it. Um, just checking the chat room. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so 
let's get with it. So, again, if you want to, the call-in number is 760-454-1111. If you're in the chat listening on the computer, on the show page, that that top link is the document that I'm reading from. It's from Inyame and Sheshe Paradigm, um, Inyame's order, or what we here at Africa's Reascension has labeled the standards to being African. Um, again, by copious research, by living it, by going to the continent and engaging all the research that they did in a you know, thoughtful and specific way, this family over some generations has come up with these tenets. Um, so under the preeminence of spirit, the first one, Spirit is the realm of the unseen. It is the greater reality and the parent reality of the physical. I don't care where you go on the continent. No, let me rephrase that. I don't care where you go in rural and traditional areas of the continent. This is an African universal. Spirit is the greater reality and the parent reality of the physical. That right there, I mean, we ain't even started yet. <laughs> and that right there sets what we are doing apart from the European worldview, which says that the material reality is the parent reality, is the greatest reality, is the only reality that matters because you can taste, touch, hear, see, and smell it. The African reality, our reality, is, is completely different from that. The spirit reality is the greater and the parent reality of the physical. Number two, Odomakuman, or any other traditional phrase you want to use for the creative force of the universe. Uh, while, while the Okoto family in this book and in this are specifically focusing on the Akan system, they are pan-African in their, in their approach to this. Um, and that's another piece that, that some folks ain't ready to deal with. While we have to be pan-African in, in, in understanding and making the similarities between traditional cultures that we, you know, need to do, each one of us specifically is a member of a specific lineage on the continent, and we should be working on on, on reconnecting to that, either by DNA testing or by directly engaging the African spirit forces. Because once you do that, then you realign yourself to a total culture, which have holidays, which has taboos, which have um, a myriad of things involved in it that we have to tangibly reconnect ourselves to. So it's a two-pronged approach. Um, Understanding your specific lineage, reconnecting to it, and, and reawakening that on a daily basis, as well as the pan-African approach and understanding the similarities within traditional Africa and, 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 under, and having the respect and the love for that as well. And so that, that's on like a different level because, you know, we're, we're, we're not, there yet on a large scale, but that's again where we have to go. That two prong approach. Um, 
So they say Odumakuma, but you could add in Olorun or Amin-Ra or, or, or Kulu-Kulu, you know, depending on where you're coming from. But Odumakuma, the creator of all things, seen and unseen, is a collective entity and a singular expression of perfection, order, and balance. Odumakuma. Now, I, I'm, I'm not going to spend time with this because this could be a two-hour show just in itself. Odumakuma is a collective identity, which which um, Brother Kwesi Konadu has also let us be known that it's a gender-neutral term as well. So I know in some books that are out there, Odumakuma, they'll say he. But when you really dig into the etymology of the term, it is a gender-neutral term. Um, because, again, traditional Africa really didn't have a problem with having a, 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 a woman as within the creatrix matrix or a man or even have both aspects represented simultaneously as with the fine people in Mawu Lisa. So... So, so again, that's another <laughs> um, sort of intermediate or advanced aspect of the research that we got to dig into as far as removing the gender aspect or just fusing them two together. But anyway, Odomakuma is a collective entity and a singular expression of perfection, order, and balance. So, again, it's a fusion. I even hate the terms monotheism and polytheism. But if Africa is a fusion of those concepts, and we need to redefine them. And, and I'm working on a piece critiquing monotheism, but a lot of folks ain't going to be ready for that. So Anyway, number three, Odomakuman is expansive beyond human cognition. What humanity perceives of Odomakuman is facilitated through the Abasu deities the emissaries of Odomakuma. Again, this one flies right in the face of, of European epistemology and how they know knowledge. Those arrogant bastards really feel that they have a right to know every single thing. And even if they don't know it, they'll concoct some crazy theory that, that, that folks will run to and make law, even though it's not actually true, but but they just have to get the sense that they know and can know everything, and so but that's them, and we get caught up in their stuff. We don't have that issue, <laughs> or well, well, we we sort of had that issue now because we've been dealing with them, but we don't have to have that issue. Odomakuman is expansive beyond human cognition. We cannot know all of the workings of the spirit forces of the universe. And for the majority of time, we've been okay with that. Um, what we do know, what we can know, we figure out the best way we can and or we can, that the rest of that, what humanity perceives of Odomakuman is facilitated through the emissaries, through the deity, which then goes to number four, the Abasun or the Orisha um, or the Necheru, again, but they are focused, focusing on 
the Akan system here, so that's why they're using Akan's words. But, again, they are pan. And I want to keep hitting that home because I don't want folks to think, oh, well, the Akoto folks and Africa's reascension and command is trying to convert everybody to be Akan. No, we're not. We're using this vehicle to move forward. But, again, Sister Iya was in the chat room. She's um, from the Yoruba Ifa system, and, and she would concur with all of this as well. Number four, the Abbasun, the deities, exist in part to maintain order throughout creation and otherwise to expedite the will of Odumakuma. Next, the Abbasun are perpetual. Their work is endless. Their work for Odumakuma is never done. Continuing, the Abbasun facilitate the development of the spirit in its physical experience. We are, and and I know that the New Agers have taken this phrase and ran with it, but we understood its conceptualization first, and it's being reduced to stupidity by the New Agers. But we are African spirits having, in an ideal sense, having an African human experience. we know that's a bit skewed wherever we're at based on who's running stuff right now, but we are African spirits having an African human experience. Did I say that right? We are, we are yeah. And so the Abbasum, the deities, the Orisha, the Neturu, they help guide and facilitate our physical existence and still being tied to the spirit world. And so that's why we have the rituals, and that's why we try to figure out our our day name because um, each day name has a specific natural force that's connected to it that helps guide our personality and our behavior. And so we need to understand that and move in line with it. With the uh, with the Ifa system. You have your ori, your spiritual head, and one of the orishas are are, are, are the main cap, captains or, or holders or, or watchers, facilitators of your ori, of your spiritual head. And you do rituals and everything to get yourself in line with that ori so then your spiritual head can be clean and your life can um, progress forward. So the abasun, those deities, help facilitate us spirit forms having a human experience. And again, if you're dealing with the Christian, Muslim, Islam, more, all that sort of stuff, you're cut off from a conscious and deliberate connection with your spirit forces. They never leave you in a sense. You just can't hear them because you've got all this other anti-African crap that's Guiding you away from who you are But they're, they're trying to help And they're trying to get in and, 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 and let you see what they want you to do um, It's us that's fighting it Number seven The Insamanfo or the ancestors Are the children of the Abbasun Number eight The appropriate interaction Of the human To the Abbasun or Insamanfo Is one of reverence and respect. Hear this. <laughs> the, the appropriate interaction 
of the human to the abbasum, to the deities, or the insumanful, to the ancestors, is one of reverence and respect. Fear, guilt, and worship are inappropriate effects in the interaction of spirit and person. They are tools of domination. That, I don't even know we need to say anything, because <laughs> we see this this worship of this phantasmagorical Jesus, this worship of this Allah character, this worship of singular individuals who are the heads of organizations or whatever. And we see how it's being used as a tool of domination. We see how fear and guilt is what's moving people. The fear of hell, the, the the guilt of doing this or of not doing that. That is what's moving people to do stuff. Not reverence and respect. Not not a proper love. It's a it's a love of God based on fear that that He, because it'll only be He, may smite me and strike me down and all that sort of stuff and that craziness that's in the Bible and the Quran and stuff. But from the African understanding and dealing with spirit and the spirit forces, the appropriate interaction is reverence and respect. Veneration is the term I like to use and, and, and instead of worship. Because spirit, as Mama Rimba says, spirit needs matter for form and matter needs spirit for life. So it's a symbiotic relationship. Yes, spirit is the parent reality. It's the greater reality. But they also need us like we need them. Spirit needs matter for form. Matter needs spirit for life. It's a symbiotic relationship. Reverence and respect. Number nine, under the preeminence of spirit, page 15. The Abbasun and Insamanfo are not fortune tellers. Everything is dynamic and everything is subject to change. That one, again, will be another hard one to explain for folks who are coming from a, a, a specific Christian or Muslim or just non-African background, because even though, like when you look at Kemet, you've got the um, 42 admonitions to Ra. <clears throat> I know we call it sometimes the admonitions to Ma'at, um, but when you actually read the document, all of them aren't done to Ma'at. They're actually done to different um, creative forces, so... But when you look at that, some folks want to take it as rigid. you got to do it exactly, exactly like this. In every essence, in every example, for all time. And one thing that I'm getting from the African understanding of this is that each, each incident would be looked at as an individual incident. And each person, each clan, 
has its own specific taboos, has its own specific uh, mission, if you will. And so what one person may be able to do, the next person may not be able to do based on spiritual configurations, based on clanic taboos, other stuff like that. And so you hardly, rarely see in the African experience, oh, well, this says you can't do this, and so you did it, and so you're bound by the exact same laws um, that we've gave down to the 15, 20 other folks that came to this. Each particular issue would be looked at in way because, again, we deal with spirit and physical. So we would go, if 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 a, if a person goes to the Abbasun and asks for something, and, and, and if two people go to the Abbasun and ask for something, one person may be told, do this, 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 and that. To, to, to get it Another, The other person may be told to do this This, this, and that Which would be totally separate from What the first person was told to do But both of them If they do what was prescribed Will get what they were asking for And so That is a bit different From our upbringing in Thou shall not kill just period You know Thou shall not do this and this and that Just period um, now, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like they're that there's no structure <laughs> because there is a high structure. It's um, a different way of dealing with that structure. Let me say it that way. If I'm going too far on a tangent, but the Abyssinian and Samanfo are not fortune tellers. Everything is dynamic. Everything is subject to change. Number 10, physical being, including mind and intellect, exists to facilitate the development of the person's spirit. Physical being, including mind and intellect, exists to facilitate the development of the person's spirit. Too often, Again, from the Christian, Muslim stuff and New Age stuff, folks tend to turn, want to turn off the brain and just exist intuition and just exist, you know, in, in spirit. And now I will say that the intellect can get in the way of accessing certain understandings of spirit. But if if I'm reading just number ten correctly, um, it's supposed the, the the intellect is supposed to be used. It's okay to develop the intellect to facilitate the development of your spirit. Again, one one thing that I noticed within the African piece, we don't have this mind body split in the sense that all things of the flesh are bad and the intellect is bad. And you just want to move away from that and just focus on some other stuff. The Christians do that. And and a lot of the Eastern folk philosophies do that as well. The monkey mind and, 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 and the mind is the, 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 the killer and the intellect is just all bad and all that sort of stuff. And so it's in, in my own religious world, religious studies, 
only the African system is saying that if the creator forces gave it to you, it's okay. You just need to learn how to use it to facilitate your further development. So the body, the flesh, is not bad. Use it to facilitate development of spirit. The mind and the intellect is not bad. You have to use it and understand it and have it help facilitate the development of your spirit. And so a lot of folks will fight with that, again, because all we know, all we've been told is either the Christian and Muslim stuff or even when folks have rightly rejected that, they've been moved to the Eastern stuff, the Tao and, and, and I Ching and, and, and Dhammapada and all that sort of stuff. And there's some good stuff in there, but it's still not us. It's not all the way coming back home. So we really have to always come back home if we want the, 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 the spiritual development that's innately made for us. The Eastern stuff can get you a little bit, but this right here, again, is universally African. I, I have yet to come across a system that says that the, the, the flesh is bad, the intellect is bad, and you just want to exist solely in spirit and don't trust your mind. And No, the mind and the body and the intellect are not innately bad. They were given to you by Odomakuman for a purpose. You were to use those aspects to help facilitate the development of your spirit. Continue. The extensiveness of creation is unknowable in the physical. As all that can be framed or conceived in human thought or cognition is limited by the material conditions of human existence and experience. The spirit itself is largely perceived as an expression of the physical. That limited part of the spirit that is facilitated by entities of the spirit and that perception or link transcends intellect and can indeed be nurtured and enhanced. <clears throat> Again, there's so much. That's why I'm going to go through this as best I can with a with a scalpel, African scalpel. I'm not going to rush through it because in each one of these principles um, is it, it, some heavy, heavy stuff that, again, has to be divorced from this European worldview, this Muslim worldview, this Moorish and Hebrew and all that other stuff, we are censoring you in African thought that is roughly 200,000 to 300,000 years old. So all of this is to, hopefully not forcefully, but to pull you back to your African center. And so some of this may sound weird to a lot of folks, because we're not used to hearing these type of philosophical aspects. Because folks talk about being universal, but 98% of the time when they talk about universal, they leave Africa out of the damn conversation. So how are you going to be universal when you're leaving the largest land mass on the planet out of any conversation? 
and then when you add in the African philosophical and spiritual thought, quite often it flies in the face of Christian mysticism, Islamic mysticism, New Age mysticism, and all that other sort of stuff. And I would say all African people should then lean on the side of the African philosophical and spiritual wisdom because it's the oldest. It predates all that other stuff. And it was directly and deliberately created for us. For us. So now this this one right here, the extensiveness of creation is unknowable in the physical. As all that can be framed or conceived in human thought and cognition is limited by the material conditions of human existence and experience. So that, again, ties in with um, number three. Odumakuman is expansive beyond human cognition, and the extensiveness of creation is unknowable because our brains are limited to just this physical understanding of reality. Spirit moves faster than the speed of light. However, nothing with it, nothing that we know of right now that's attached to the physical can move faster than the speed of light. So therefore, <laughs> you would have to be able to tap into spirit in a specific way to be able to de-link yourself from the limitations of the physical universe. And the best way to attach yourself to spirit to be able to de-link yourself to those um, limitations is the African system in the African way. It's the best way. None of this, even just the, 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 the hour-long meditations that they do in India and all that sort of stuff, I don't get the depth of this Africa piece even in that because India, the Africans, something something still got left out in the um, furtherance of the information. You got to come back home to the parent to get it fully and and all the way. And so... We can't understand the totality of the creation basically because we're attached to the creation in the physical form. And those aspects of spirit that we think we know are those aspects of spirit that are connected in some way with the physical. But you still have large amounts of aspects of spirit that aren't connected to the physical, that only pass through the physical and interact briefly with the physical. Those you ain't going to get unless you connect yourself to spirit through African ritual processes and things like that. And so if you hear folks saying, oh, I know all the workings of spirit, run the other way because that's a bold-faced lie. (laughs) I know everything that can be known in the universe. Run the other way because that's a bold-faced lie if they, in the physical form, talking to you. I mean, we can even just go to our one of our great um, proverbs the announce, about Anansi. All wisdom cannot be contained in one head. 
All right. Number 12. All of this is still under the preeminence of spirit. <laughs> so we got seven more to go. So as I say, we're going to have more shows on this. But I want to be deliberate so that we can forever delink all this other crap that's being labeled as African from what's really African. So we will have no more confusion about it, and then we can move forward arm in arm on some real solid grounds and solid information. Number 12, we are each given a divine mission by Odumakuma, the Enkrabia, which may be accomplished in one or more lifetimes. Its completion determines to some extent the development of the spirit. Now, again, um, I've heard a few New Age folks talk about this, but I know within the Akan system, I know within the um, Gulemasaba system, or some people would call it Guramanche in um, Burkina Faso, um, I know within the Yoruba system, I know within the Dagara system, those four systems that I just mentioned, and we know with Kemet that before you come down as a physical being, you know, in, in, into your mama's belly, when you're a spirit form and you're being formed, you have a conversation with um, those creative forces. And they give you a mission. You also, you know, can pick a mission that you, you would like as you're in spirit form before you've come down into the physical. But you see, I'm trying to give you a, a larger picture here, an African picture here. There is a, for lack of a better term, conversation that goes on in the in you as the individual forming in spirit before you come down on the physical form. And so that ties in here. We are each given a divine mission by Odumakuma, which is called the Enkrabia within the Chui language. Um, and and again, and I don't know the word for it in off the top of my head for each of those systems that I've listed. But within the Dagger, within the Gulamasaba, within Kemet, you you when you look at the, the 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 systems, they sort of talk about this conversation before you're even born. Part of that divine conversation is that creative force giving you your mission that you're to accomplish. And you can accomplish it in one or more lifetimes. Now, what's not listed in number 12 is an African sense of bebra, B-E-B-R-A. Again, that's another con term from essential gener generativeness or what some folks would call reincarnation. I, want, I, I try to stay away from the term reincarnation because we immediately go to the Hindu and the Asian understanding of reincarnation. Their definition is you can come back as a rock, as an animal, as an insect, based on where you were in, cast, in your caste and based on what you did in that particular life. Within every system that I've come across within Africa, we don't have that understanding of reincarnation. That's why I try to I, I use our, one of our terms for it, Bebra. You always come back as a human, 
And more times than not, you come back in your same lineage three to seven generations down. So I bring that up here in the sense that they say, so if you don't fulfill your mission in one lifetime, that's cool, that's all right, because you'll come back as a human, more than likely in your lineage, three to seven generations from when you pass, to then you get more time to complete your divine mission that was given to you before you came down in physical form. That understanding of Babra also, that you never die, really, you, you come back, that also, you know, delinks us from, again, the folks that say, once you're dead, you're gone, that's it. We don't have that understanding. We can come back. We come back to fulfill certain missions. You, you you hear it all the time, you know, once a new baby's born, oh, that looks like uncle so-and-so, or that looks like grandpa, grandma, so-and-so. More than likely, <laughs> since the elders of the community and the newborns of the community are those two groups of community that are most connected to the spirit world, more than likely they're correct because they can see that returning ancestor in that baby. And so that returning ancestor is coming back because they didn't fully complete their mission, and so now, you know, they're given another time to do it. And so so we don't die. We multiply, you know, <laughs> as we say. But there, there's a tinge of African correctness to that. If you didn't complete your mission, your divine mission, you will come back in your lineage as a human three to seven generations forward. And so, again, centering us in our African worldview. And then lastly, under the preeminence of spirit, survival is the complement of expansion. As nothing can cease to exist of its own volition or the actions of other beings, it is only Odomakaman that determines the beginning and cessation of existence. So right now we haven't actually even been properly surviving because if survival is the complement of expansion as you survive you're thinking forward on how can we expand how can we develop because that was the middle one survival development and expansion how can we survive to the point to where we then develop and then how can we develop to the point where we expand we have been solely focused on surviving, and that's what Caucasians want, for us just to be focused on survival. And they will constantly throw expletives in our way so that we can only focus on survival. To use Mr. Holip's words, those folks that want to be or who have been given the mission to be the architects of this African thing we're talking about, it's up to us and y'all to, again, move beyond the survival piece to the development piece. 
And the Occulta family has done great masterwork in developing a comprehensive African worldview. And so if we can get some of these 120 principles within our own being, large numbers of these within our own being, and link up with other folks who are doing the exact same thing, then we'll be in a better position to focus on the development piece, which are the programs, which are the infrastructures in your particular region, and then linking them up so then you've got connections of Philly to New York to Detroit to Atlanta to D.C. But it starts with cultural consistency. It starts with African worldview consistency and then moving forward with that. Again, we want to thank Everyone, thank you so much. This is cool. And I guess that's the secret, huh? I have to at least have the show set up on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, and then we can get folks listening live in, in the chat room and on the phones. Okay, so I'm going to work on that because I noticed a few of the older shows, the last few shows I did it like at the last minute, and I didn't get a lot of um, folks in the call queue or folks in the chat room. But this one I think I did, had it set up by about Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, so that gives enough folks the time to clear stuff off their schedule <laughs> and, and be able to come on in to Africa's Reascension. So I'm still learning. Holip, you, you gave me a good advice. I'm still still learning from the master, so. Um, we're going to move forward. So, again, for folks who just popped into the chat room, if you want to um, follow along with the document that we're going, that we're reading from, it's right there in the show page as a Google Docs document. You just click on that, and then the Nyame and Shay Shay and Nyame's order um, will be there, and you'll see what I'm reading from. Um, in the last, well, in the next 25 minutes, I'm going to take a break for a minute, <clears throat> drink some water, and then we'll come back and focus on B, complementarity. Um, we'll probably go ahead and do some overtime because I ain't rushing through this. I think it's highly, highly important, and I think if we get this, if we at least get an understanding of this down, then everyone that's listening will be equipped themselves to then challenge folks they want to call stuff African, but it's not falling in line with these 100, 120 or so tenants that, again, put together through copious research, experiential knowledge, and living these tenants through generations, this multiple generation. And, 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 and if you've done the research and, and studied different traditional African systems and grouping, you'll see that all of these principles and tenets are have been around for at least 200,000, 300,000 years. And so it's not an exhaustive list. This is not the end-all, be-all, but this is a damn good start. <laughs> and if we just got a lot of these in our minds, in our hearts, and in our heads, and in our spirits, and move forward with them, we'd be a lot, lot, lot further along in what we want to do. So I'm going to take a break real quick, throw in a promo 
and uh, take a drink and come back. Peace and divine love, family. Do you want to critically analyze African culture from an intellectual, honest, and practical perspective? Are you tired of all the distractions, self-righteousness, yelling and arguing with no plan or solution? Do you want to build on the facts and deal with the subject or issue at hand? Well, come and listen to our nation's ambassador, Asar, make knowledge born every 9th and 19th of each month at 9 p.m. That's every 9th and 19th of each month at 9 p.m. on the show everyone is talking about, African Holistic Healing, at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ambassador Asar. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ambassador Asar, spelled A-U-S-A-R. Or call in live to build or ask questions at 347-850-8653. That's 347-850-8653. Peace. When we say then that the Europeans decultured us or distorted our culture, we are also saying then that the Europeans have distorted our modes of attending of attending the world, our modes of experiencing the world, our modes of classifying and, and uh, categorizing the world, our modes of processing information that comes from the world. So there's no little wonder then that we are having problems in what some people call education, particularly as it is European, uh, Eurocentrically designed, that our children are perceived as having problems in thinking skills and math skills and science skills and so forth. Because ultimately, you see, culture provides you with a frame for thinking. It provides you with a structure for organizing information, for classifying information, for evaluating information, you see, for processing information. And when you distort a people's culture, then you distort their capacity to appropriately organize information and deal with it. And this is what has happened to us. And in transforming our culture, so was our thinking and so forth transformed as well. This is why ultimately the educational problems of our people will have to be solved in terms of cultural transformation, not just in terms of educational technique, you see. So first we played a clip um, to let you know about Africa's Holistic Healing, which I mentioned earlier in the show, every 9th and 19th. Magnificent, magnificent show, Ambassador Sar and our brother, uh, Mr. Holipsism. And then I directly played that clip from um, Baba Amos Wilson because, again, so many folks um, aren't dealing with this, this culture piece, and we did the whole show dealing with the depth of what culture is. And too many folks just want to deal with, we are in America, we're American now, deal with it, get over it. And and, and and so Amos is like, no, that is the problem. When we were decultured, all of these things that I have read, <clears throat> and we'll read, we were knocked off our African center. We were given someone else's reality and we want to attempt to extract solutions from someone else's reality 
for us. And we keep wondering why it's not working. The reason why it's not working is because we were decultured. We were taken away from who we are. And the solution to solve that is to first come back to who you were, slash are. And that's the purpose, one of the purposes of this show, Standards of Being African. Going through this, giving you an idea of what you were taken from, what you had in you, and actually what's still in you. Now it's about the conscious and deliberate reawakening of that to move forward. And everyone that wants to fight that, let them. But if you are hearing any value in what's going on, and if you are, here's the thing, if you are looking for some a real solution, because you're looking at this marching, this voting, this flag waving, this letter writing, all this sort of stuff, and it's not working, if you're honest to yourself and you're like, it's not working, here at Africa's Reascension, we're trying to give you something different. And we have history on our side in that every time, every time that a, a nice group of us really, really got back into our culture and used it, we were successful. Haitian Revolution. <laughs> Quilombo, Palmares, Brazil the successful maroon communities all throughout America and all throughout the world, when they went back to, to, to the essence of who they were as African people and moved forward with that, they were successful. You even see small amounts of success even here in America when we really, with Garvey and, and his emphasis on things African, that, you know, they didn't get it all the way, but just that emphasis on things African resonated with our African inside of us, and and we saw what he was able to accomplish. Um, Bob Omawali always talks about the secrets of success of the black Muslim movement was his emphasis on things African. And so you see that, that they were able to accomplish a whole lot of stuff when they really beat that African drum. Um, not so much now, they've been beating more of that Arabic drum, you know, more recently, but the, 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 the large part of the 60s. So I'm just trying to give the historical examples to show that when we really delved into reconnecting to our African selves, that's when we saw more success and more moving forward in things that we wanted to do. You've got the, all the way from the complete success, <laughs> with 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 um ah with I just said it with the Haitian Revolution and with Quilombo all the way to moderate modicum of success um, with the the sixties movements and other stuff like that. So that's what we're trying to do here with Inyame and Sheshe, looking at two hundred to three hundred thousand years of African wisdom, how we were moved off of that and how to get back to it. So again, we got 16 minutes left. 
anyone, we've got a few folks in the call show since I'm paying for it. I can fit 50 of y'all in here. Um, 760-454-1111. We will continue after these 16 minutes are up. So if you want to continue live, well, yeah, sort of live during the overtime, call in and get into the call queue. So we're on page 16. Tenant B, the second tenant, complementarity, balance, and reciprocity. Balance is an expression of the harmonious and steady relationship of the component elements of an entity. Constant change and dynamism is inherent in this relationship as a response to both internal and external forces. The character of the relationship of the component elements determines the identity and developmental processes of that entity. And then tying it in second, balance is a mandate of creation. So now just, I mean, just that first one, again, in, in, in a lot of these points, we could have hour-based discussions on them because they're just that deep. And it would it, and it takes some time, again, to de-link um, any, any of the other teachings that we unfortunately have. We have to de-link. This is dealing with Africa on her own terms. So I personally, here at Africa's Reascension, want to push that. Look at these principles and precepts on their own African merit. Don't attempt to link them to something non-African to attempt to better understand it because that skews what the African wisdom is talking about because the other thing were limited and fragmented in their understanding of its African myths. So the best way to get it is to deal with it on its own terms. Hear it as it's being expressed, and then you bolster that information by then studying more traditional African systems by experiencing more traditional African rituals and things like that. Let's ex understand this with our African lens as best as we can without attempting to use another skewed lens to understand Number three, complementarity is the fundamental condition of that balance and exists throughout the physical and spiritual spheres of creation. Four, it is appropriate to pursue balance as a condition of everyday life. So now, again, just those four things, again, flies in the face of practically all things European and all European religious thought. And, and and a lot of Asian thought, even while the Asian, the Eastern thought talks about balance to some degree and reciprocity, um, for us it's in total. So we have no problem with having Mawu Lisa as 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 a creative paradigm for the fine people, where Mawu is the female aspect and Lisa is the male aspect fused together right there for everyone to see as the expression of what created their universe. 
And I have even seen some Europeans who just don't know so much that they will cut off the Lisa aspect coming from a European mind, thinking that the Lisa aspect is the female aspect. So they will cut that off, just focus on my woo and make my woo male. I'm like, wow, you just really don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> you're going to cut off the aspect because you think it's the female piece and then give and then take the female piece, which is the Mawu piece, and make it male just to force fit it into your, your, your limited European understanding of reality. So now that's an extreme example right there, but it, it, it is happening. And that stuff then trickles into our consciousness, <laughs> and, and then we mess up our understandings of who we are as African people. By doing that, by, by, by underserving Africa on her own terms. So this balance piece, again, with within the Akan system, you have the Asante Hemi and the Asante Hema male and female, running a particular country. You have Ma'at, which is the overarching principle of Kemet, which is a female principle. But then you may have, you know, an and, I won't say, and then she's coupled with Tehuti, virtuous action and virtuous thought. In the creation of the universe, you had Amen and Amenet, Het, He and Het. Uh, my, my, you have all these complementary forces that created the spiritual universe. Um, Keku and Keket, I don't have it right in front of me, but those beginning eight, male and female, Shu and Tefnu, you, you see what I'm saying? So that, that balance, that complement, um, again, that was just Kemet and the Akan system, but we could go again with with the with the system of V five. We could add in the system of um, the Zulu and the Shona system. So this balance and complementarity, again, is is basically an African universal. If you look at it, dig at it, and study it. All continuing, page sixteen, number five. All things seen and unseen exist in a dynamic and complementary duality. They are complete and whole only in their complementary duality. So, again, that goes back to the Marambani quote, spirit needs matter for form and matter needs spirit for life. They are complete and whole in that complementary duality. Man needs woman for life. Man is the complement of female, and woman is the complement of man. They exist in complementary duality. So just in that phrase throws out this dissexual understanding and homosexual understanding of the West. And all of the foolishness of, of these lesbians and these spiritual African spiritual houses is just beyond me because it flies in the face of, again, 200,000, 300,000 years of wisdom. I think a lot of folks who are running these shrine houses are doing it and letting it exist so they can keep getting the money. But in, in, in the talk, in the 
letter of the African law. It's about balance and complementarity, and that balance and complementarity is male and female. Not male, male, not female, female, male and female. Number six, balance, complementarity, and reciprocity always exist. They are constant throughout creation and the several dimensions of creation. Did you catch that? Several dimensions of creation. They are not constrained by time, space, human experience, human cognition, or human perception. Balance, complementarity, and reciprocity. Now, this one, you know, again, the black New Agers run with this, and some of the Christian folks run with this, and, you know, God's going to do this in his own time, and, and, and you know, it, 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 it's one thing to understand that, and and another thing to apply it, and you know, it's not happening soon enough, and all that. But spirit time and human time are two different types of time. Um, and just saying spirit time might be an incorrect statement, but we we won't go there right now. But balance, complementarity, and reciprocity always exist. So just on that, cognizoids will get payback for what they did and are doing to us for the last 600 years. Um, it's going to take some time, and that doesn't mean that we do nothing and it's just going to happen. <laughs> you know, we still got to do the work. We still got to be prepared. We still have to, you know, fulfill our missions and things like that. But um, reciprocity always exist. Six minutes. There are no singularities or individuals. Wholeness is defined in the first instance by the complementarity of constituent components. That one, again, for us being brought up in the West, there are no individuals. Um, that one will be a hard one for a lot of us to swallow. I think I played um, an, an Amos Wilson quote some time ago that where he walked through, um, or if I didn't do it, maybe it was maybe uh, Mr. Holipsism, maybe he played it. But I know Amos was talking about the whole idea of to be an individual is understood within a collective in, in a social environment, in a social understanding. The only way that one can really be a, an atomized individual that Europeans want us to be is if you're floating out in space in a space suit somewhere totally disconnected from everyone. If you're not doing that, then you exist in a social context. And so also... Um, in the sense of there are no individuals or singularities. When you look at me, you are seeing Kamal in this present form, but you should also see all of my ancestors that, that are behind me and around me because they parts of them make up who I am, and I am a continuation of my particular lineage. So so while you're looking at the, the quote-unquote individual of Kamal, you are also seeing 
that lineage that goes all the way back to the creator. The creator is the first ancestor. I might be getting ahead of myself, but the creator is the first ancestor, and then all that flowed and followed up to the present of who I am right now, 2011 Gregorian calendar, all of that is what you should see when you look at me. And so when I look at Sister Ie, when I look at Brother Holip, I'm seeing them as individuals and their lineage that came before them. So that's a bit, a piece of what that means as far as there are no singularities or individuals. Wholeness is defined in the first instance by complementarity of constituent components. All those components added up equal me in the present right now. Reciprocity is the means by which complementarity is confirmed and balance is achieved. Reciprocity operates in both the realm of the immediate and the remote. It is a fundamental law of creation. Whole, whole lot more could be said by that, but we got three minutes of live show. I will probably try to get through... Um, C and D, Asasaya, and the spirocyclic um, nature of history and social order, and then in the overtime, and then end it on there, and then we'll do part two of this next week, um, looking at the family piece. And Saban Trunay, Righteous Character, that's the largest section, and that one alone has. 24 um, principles within that because Saban Chene is righteous character. Saban Chene is those specific aspects of the human, of us, that we should be working towards to have righteous character. And so definitely don't want to zoom through that, but that one might be a few shows ahead. So we just finished the preeminence of spirit and complementarity, balance, and reciprocity. And so in the next hour of overtime, we will go into Asasaya, Mother Earth and Ecological Balance. And if we get through it, because there's 12 points in that, the spirocyclic nature of history and social order, and there are 12 points in that. Um, so attempting to deal with 24 points in the next hour because we got a minute left. So everyone in the chat, I want to thank you. If you want to continue this, call in. We got more slots open, 760-454-1111. For everyone who's already in the call queue, um, keep on hanging out. We will continue this. Um, We'll go ahead and play the close. And then um, jump right back into it. Um, again, the, the the document that we're reading from Inyame Sheshe, the Inyame's order is listed, and as we have part two and maybe part three of this, we'll continue to list the document so you can have it there. If you want a physical copy, because I don't know if you can um, download it and print it from um, Google Docs, just hit me up at Kamal three hundred one and I'll send you a PDF of it so you can have it. And it wouldn't hurt to get the book as well, the um, Sankofa Movement 
Reafghanization and Reality of War is a powerful book to have. So uh, we'll play the close and then come on back after that, 760-454-1111, if you want to continue in on the discussion. Bibi um, Fahodie, Total African Liberation, Yebede Inconim, We Will Be Victorious, returning after this. Spinning like it's playing, but I'm not hearing it play. Hmm. Let's try that again. Oh, wow. Really, really irks me when they won't let me play my clothes. This is the second time this has happened. Hmm. control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work and they will lose their control. All right, it's always, blog talk is always interesting. <laughs> ah, keep you on your toes. And happily, I guess, whatever was tripping with Sprint, that's worked out now as well. So, yes, we're going through Kenyame and Sheshe Paradigm in Yame's order, looking at an assessment of 200,000, 300,000 years of African wisdom looking, digging into those static aspects that had them survive for 200,000, 300,000 years, and, 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 and then seeing how we can um, revive those in the belly of the beast or wherever you're at, but as an African, as a conscious and deliberate African um, in present day. That's why I call this the standards of being African. Um, because again, if we if, if, if we just got Saban Trené, those twenty four elements, and we lived by those as a code, um, those of us who call ourselves African centered, uh, I think a lot 
a lot of the confusion that's out there wouldn't be out there because, again, there would be this specific code that we live by and that everyone knows that we live by it and this is what, this is who we are and this is what, you know. And 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 so we're sharing all of this, again, not, not again as some rigid, rigid, this isn't, you know, a Bible. <laughs> this isn't holy rich in that sense. This is the lived experience of our ancestors looking at how they survived so long, and they're still surviving. You can go, you know, hook up with the Twa people right now. You can hook up with the San people and the Hun people, which even Caucasoids are saying are the oldest people on the planet. Are these 200,000, 300,000 year old people that we're talking about and how they live their lives? This is what we're um, examining right now. This is what we should be consciously and deliberately reintegrating back into our lives on a day-by-day, hell, second-by-second basis. Um, This has given us different ways to think, different ways to conceive, and it's given us different ways to act, different ways to behave. If we want a new nation, if we want a different Reality, we have to be that different reality. And again, anybody that knows me that's listening or who will listen, they y'all know Kamau ain't perfect. As I look at my look around in my junky room right now, I know I need to clean it up. Um, so I ain't saying that 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 perfection is is you know, but we're moving towards perfectibility on different different levels. And and if we're doing that sincerely and and we're doing that, you know, for the betterment of ourselves and our people righteously, the Abbasun and Ensamanfu, they know that. They'll walk with us and, and help us in all aspects of our life. So, C, page 16, Asasaya, Mother Earth and Ecological Balance. Now, all of these, even before I read any of them, we know all of these will fly directly in the face of European worldview. There is no regard for Mother Earth and screw ecological balance. All the trees coming from the European worldview, all the trees are here for us so we can cut them all the hell down. All the mountains are here for us, so since we need more energy, we can blow the hell out of the tops of them so we can get more energy. All of the gold and the diamond and the coal is here for us so we can extract it until there's not a drop of it left on the planet. <clears throat> I can go on and on and on. All that's from the European world. We are about balance, respect for what's given us life. If you destroy the damn planet, humanity dies. So, therefore, it behooves you to take care of the planet so humanity lives. Arrogant, childish, young-on-the-planet Caucasoids 
don't, haven't, and probably can't understand that. And it's gotten to the point now where all these cute-sounding green efforts that they're doing are going to fail. And so on on one grand scale, I don't want to scare anybody, but on one grand scale, we really have to speed up this African process that we're going through so that we can then regain control of the reins of planet Earth and take it out of these Caucasoid hands before they destroy the damn planet. And so while I have one knucklehead friend, who I do call a friend, but I will call her a knucklehead also, who wants to run and and, and get white folks to change what they're doing, um, that ain't my mission. <laughs> and if that's her mission, um, I'm sorry for it, but, you know, go ahead and do it. Our mission, my mission, is to awaken the majority people on the planet because, you know, globally we're about 1.3 billion. Okay, we might not be the majority of people. I think there's more Chinese. But globally we got about 1.3 billion people on the planet, African people. I'm about waking us up and or letting the folks that's already doing it know that other folks exist and linking up with them and then moving forward. And, and and on all different ways Because we're going to take the reins of the planet From the Cosmosoids We got to have a whole bunch of different stuff In order, on point, to do that Since we know we can't defeat them Because they create the gun We have to come at them with spiritual warfare Because they cannot and will never understand spirit they tried to ban it and beat it out of us and, 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 and all different ways during the enslavement process. But it didn't work. It failed. So our Africanness, which is directly linked with our spiritness, is our seat of power. And so that's why here we give so much effort to this um, getting rid of moving past Christianity, Judaism, Islam, all that other sort of stuff, because the seat of our power is our spirit, and we're we're nowhere close to being able to engage in spirit warfare yet. But we're gonna get to that point at some time, and we will be <laughs> highly successful when we get there. Because it is an area where Caucasoids have no, hardly any resources, have any real experience, have any real knowledge, have any, none of that. That spirit stuff is spooky to them and it scares them. That's where we need to hit them at. But we have to be righteous in in cultivating that type of energy first. Um before we want to go there Sort of went off on a tangent So bringing it back So Oh so that's where I was going So we want to again Take the reins of the planet From them That's one of the things That we're going to have to do Because right now They are Totally totally destroying the planet And if they do that Humanity dies So Humanity and all physical life forms are products of the union of the spirit as 
represented by Nyame or the Abasun, and the material is represented by the earth, the Sasaya. Humanity and all physical life forms are products of the union of spirit and the material. The union of Inyame and Asasaya and the Abasun and Asasaya. It is from Asasaya that we acquire those materials that are necessary to sustain, nurture, and develop our physical bodies, the material vessels, or the shrines of the spirit. So it is through Mother Earth, Ta'ert, that we get all the implements for the shrine work. Um, we sustain, nurture, and develop our own physical bodies and the material vessels, you know, uh, those that we love and other stuff like that, and the shrines of the spirit. They, 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 when, when, when someone is sick, it's Asasiya that we have to go to to get the particular herbs, to get the, 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 the tree bark, to get the, the specific water from the specific river from. And so it is through Asasiya, through that fusion of spirit and earth that created humanity, then Asasiya take uh, takes care of us through her life, through her being, through her existence, through the life forms that she created throughout life, um, the planets, excuse me, the, 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 the plants and the animals and the insects and the flora and fauna and all that. So, again, we are supposed to use Mother Earth for us. And, and on one level, the Earth was, I won't say put here for humans, <laughs> because animals were here before us. Um, so the, 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 it was it was put here for all of us. But the key of that is the balance, ecological balance and reciprocity and complementarity. It is in the context, number three, it is in the context of the resources and physical environment provided by Sasaya that the spirit of the human has the opportunity to actualize its personal mission, its encrabia, and thereby facilitate its spiritual development, and that of its clan. So, again, that's just saying Asasaya, the earth, the resources, and the environment, all of that is, helps uh, will help us actualize the mission that we agreed to before we came down in physical form to fulfill. And so the, the earth spirits, the nature spirits of your particular um, clan and of your particular um, spiritual group all will come together to help you fulfill your mission. Because you, 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 you brought the, you're given the mission by the creator when you come down to the creative forces, when you come down to earth. And you're supposed to fulfill it. And, uh, and you're given, you know, tests and trials and all that sort of stuff. But everyone is pulling for you to fulfill them. And, again, that's something totally different from all these other systems where everything is putting your way to um, shoot you down. If you look at all the Greek 
foolishness that they call Greek mythology. You know, the gods are are are, are deliberately trying to mess you up and mess you over and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And within Christianity, you know, you've got this cartoon devil character that's supposed to be taking you away from doing everything you're supposed to do. Within the African sense, everything is pulling for you to succeed. And and, and and it just came to me, so I have to say this. Within the Ifa system, within Yoruba, they have an Orisha um, called um, Elegbe, Elegba, or Eshu, which is the keeper of the crossroad. And there's been quite a bit of research, and that word is in quotes, to try to equate Elegba Eshu with the devil. Because he, she, it is the trickster, and it deliberately puts hard tests in front of you um, in, in what you want to do. And so some folks have, in their Christian foolishness, have attempted to equate a leg by with the devil. Happily, there has also been counter-research to come out with that and just to show that that's complete stupidity and foolishness, and there is no equivalence, no comparison to an actual force in nature with this phantasmagorical cartoon Christian devil. It, it, it is a wrong comparison. It is not an original comparison. It has no African equivalent. Any good book you read, any smart elder that you talk to will tell you there is no heaven and hell concept in any of the African system. And so this concept of a devil, an all-purveying, all-pervasive, all-evil form, does not exist within African cosmology and African worldview. So, Elegba Eshu, Keeper of the Crossroads, is mandated by Olorun Obatala to give you a hard test based on what you're trying to do. But they want you to succeed. And they will, all, all opportunities will be given to you by, by some of the other um, Orishas for you to succeed if you are open enough or righteous enough to hear that help and then to move forward and act on that help. But it is not some damn devil that's taking great pleasure and pride in you failing in your divine mission. That is that that has no African equivalent. That has no that makes no African sense in an African worldview. And so I just wanted to definitely bring that up in, in, in this context. Um, all of the spirit forces are pulling for you to fulfill your mission, and they're always attempting to help and and and, and you know whisper in your ear and come in your dreams or whatever, whatnot, to help you in fulfilling that mission. And it's us in different whatevers that's going on that may block us from hearing it. But our forces 
will never forsake that. Number four, our linkage to Asasaya is analogous to that of a child to mother. And our interaction with and responsibility to Asasaya parallels that analogy. We are the children to the parent Asasaya. So again, reverence and respect for the mother. For Mother Earth. Asasiya is born of the spirit ultimate and thereby exists and continues to exist as a mandate of Odomakuma. The existence and continuance of Asasiya and her children is determined by Odomakuma and not by those children. So if 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 we listen to that one, we can sort of be you know sort of take a little breath in the sense that okay, uh, Caucasoids will not be allowed to destroy the entire damn planet. However, that still does not mean that we need to do nothing because Odomakamon to take care of it and you know no. We, we we still have missions. We still have work that we need to do uh, on our end to ensure stuff. Again, the spirit and the material are complements of each other. So we don't want to put all the work on the spirit side because we on the material side ain't doing nothing. <laughs> we for for that amount of energy that we put forward, it has been. Uh, reciprocated in the spirit realm And so if we are deliberately and consciously Putting forward energy To awaken ourselves And to stop other forces From destroying Mother Earth Then spirit will then give that um, Complementary energy on its side And so again That's why I say one reason why we're stuck In where we're at Is because a lot of our energy right now is just dealing with um, survival. It's just dealing with reforming. We are only, check this, we are right now in mass only calling upon our reform-minded ancestors. We are not properly using our revolutionary and nation-building-minded ancestors calling on them, getting advice and energy from them and stuff like that. And I think that's problematic. And I think that's um, endemic to where we are at right now. If we start calling on the folks who succeed, who, the, the, the ancestors of the Africans who succeeded in taking over the Marlboro ship, for folks, if you go back to um, a show that we did, the, the, the Resistance to Enslavement, we did an entire show focused on all the different shipboard revolts that were going on. And, and I think he said there was about 900, 500, I forget the exact number, but there was over 300 actual shipboard revolts. That we hear nothing about, I, and still after that show, <laughs> I still don't hear folks talking about actual shipboard revolt. So the only ship that we know about is Amistad, 
And the reason why we know about that ship is because white folks came in and helped us secure, quote-unquote, freedom. But we don't hear about what I brought to bear on about the Marlboro ship. What happened on the Marlboro basically was the enslaved Africans on that ship got free of the shackles, killed every Caucasoid on the ship except two, and they kept those two so they could navigate the ship because I guess they didn't have any folks that knew how to navigate the ship. So they kept the captain, I think one other person, um, alive and had them turn the entire ship uh, back around and took the ship back to the coast. And the majority of those people got off that ship and went back home. Why in the hell don't we have annual celebration of the memory, commemorating the memory of the Marlboro ship? It looks like I might have to do that because it seems to me I'm the only person that's talking about that ship. But we know Amistad, and they had a few movies about it. And there's deliberate reasons because of that. All of our children should be singing the praises of, of the Marlboro. <laughs> all, all, all African studies classes should be having um, folks doing more research on the Marlboro and find out if there were other ships that did that as well. Um, but don't, again, I'm just bringing it up to say that those ancestors, uh, even if we can't get any names, just the ancestors of the ship of the Marlboro, those are ancestral ancestors, and that type of energy is what we need to be calling upon to help us move forward in this. If we're talking about nation building, and a total revolution and a, and a revolting against this particular reality and the creation of our reality and, and a different reality, then we need energies that did to help us, to back us, to protect us. We need those specific type of energies. And, and, and I'm not seeing enough of us call on those specific type of energies to move certain specific things that we need forward, forward. And so when you look at who we're calling upon, Frederick Douglass, King, um, Booker T, you know, we're always talking about them. And, and I'm not de de demeaning them in any way. But I'm saying that's a specific type of ancestor and a specific type of energy. Uh, but but we also need to be calling on Bukman. We need to be calling on those those of the Haitian Revolution because they were successful. <laughs> we need to be calling on the, the, the ancestors within Palmares because those were successful in revolting against the current order and creating a different order. And that energy will help us in this process of Inyame and Sheshe in creating Inyame's order. Being of, number six, page 17, being a spirit, asasaya is defined in the spiral cyclic balance and reciprocity. So that which you give, that which you take from asasaya, you should also give back in kind, and she will also give back to you in kind. Uh, 
in all of the years, you know, that, that, that African people was running the planet, um, Asasiya gave back that love that we gave to her in kind. Um, we see what Asasiya is giving back to Europeans with all this cement, all these concrete buildings, all this destroying of the atmosphere and holes in the ozone layer. This this year, what was that, two years ago, it was the warmest the planet has ever been <laughs> as far as the global warming that they want to change up, to use the phrase climate change. Global warming, damn it. Let's <laughs> call it what it is. Quit sugarcoating it. Uh all the earthquakes and tsunamis and all that, that's a direct <laughs> reciprocal relationship of what's being given to a Sasaya, that's what she's giving back. The wrong people are in control of the planet and effing it up. We we have to do what we have to do and, and, and maybe speed that process up so we can get back in control of the planet. Uh, Yeah. A principal measure, this is number seven, a principal measure of satisfaction of one's personal encrabia, God given mission, and Yame given life mission, is the extent to which the human will and experience is in concert with that balance of Asasaya. So basically, what that one is saying. Um, a way to tell, a way to satisfy your personal mission is seeing if it's in line with what's going on with Asasaya. Making sure that you aren't taking too much from Asasiya without giving back enough to fulfill your mission, that you're not creating anything that's aiding and hastening to destroy or deplete any natural resources on Asasiya um, in fulfilling with your mission. That's that's what I'm taking that, that with what that means, that your Ankrabia should be in line, should be in concert with the balance of Asasaya. And so if you're if if those things are in line, then you're doing good and satisfying that mission. If it's out of balance, out of whack, then you're probably a little bit off in fulfilling your encropia. Number eight, for our people, the forests, mountains, caves, springs, rivers, winds, skies, are all entities or places where we commune with the deity, the ancestors, and other spiritual beings. These things and places are to be maintained and or restored to their pristine conditions. I'm going to read number nine, and I'm going to go back and read them both again. No usage of a given natural resource should exceed that which the earth itself can replenish in a human lifetime or that level that can be simply restored by human ingenuity. So, 8 and 9 again. For our people, for Africans, 
the forests, mountains, caves, springs, rivers, winds, sky, are all entities. Now, check that out. So, so all of that are entities unto themselves and their places where we commune with the, uh, with the deities, with the spirit forces, with our ancestors and other spiritual beings. So the forest entity, the mountain entity, the cave entity, the spring entity, the water entity, the wind entity, the sky entity, all of those, we commune with them. We work with them. And other spiritual beings. You've got the you've got the uh, Emotia, you've got the uh Tatomble within the, the Dagar system, other, you know, small dwarfs within um the spirit realm. You've got our, our ancestors, our lineage ancestors as well as um national ancestors that that some of them may dwell um, in these areas, again, it may be based on um, a particular mission they have or a particular mission they're trying to fulfill still from uh, or complete from the ancestral realm, so they may be in um, forests, mountains, caves, even amulets. Again, um, Tigre, who was raised to the level of an Abasu, wasn't originally an abasu. It was um, an energy that was put into an asaman or an ambulant. And it was such a powerful energy that that, that the people of those, that region decided to do the proper ceremony to raise it, raise its energy output to that of an and, 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 and abasu. And it, it was, of course, given the dictate and the mandate to do that from Odomakuman and the other Abbasons. And then they went ahead and filled the ritual and then raised that energy to that level. And so that's what I'm saying. That 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 That's what I mean in that sense, that the entity was so powerful and communing with it that we then raised it, did the ritual to raise it to a level of Abbasun. But it started out. As just an energy of 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 an of an amulet of the physical force. Again, that that might be going into some advanced, <laughs> if you will, African worldview understandings. I'm not. I don't want to confuse too many folks, but but yeah. And then no usage of any given natural resource should exceed either a that which the earth can replenish in one human lifetime or that level that can simply be restored by human ingenuity. So if you're going to take up, if you're going to chop down a tree and you cut it off at its roots and all that sort of stuff, human ingenuity, plant another tree. But you don't cut down all the trees and then not replant them. That, that's, that's a bastardization of the Sasaya. Um, and so again, you don't you don't create nuclear toxic waste if you don't have nuclear energy if you don't have a way to dispose of the waste. And 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 I remember saying this on a past show. I, I read somewhere Kagazoyes are trying to create a way now to 
um, take the toxic waste and shoot it into the atmosphere. Yeah, you heard that right. Into space. Put it on a put it on a spaceship and shoot it up in the space. So we won't even talk about, you know, you get all these metric tons of, of, of toxic nuclear toxic waste on a spaceship. We won't even talk about the hope that it it, it gets through the atmosphere and gets into space because it could explode in our atmosphere, thereby spilling all of that toxic waste all on humans and in the lakes and in the buildings and in the children and all that sort of stuff. We don't even talk about that because that's effed up on its, sense, on its own. But then, so let's say it gets through the atmosphere and then it's out in space and then it explodes. It's still going to trickle back down as cosmic rain and acid rain and and acid rain to the to the hundredth degree because here you deliberately sent something else out <laughs> that was already toxic, and then who knows how it's going to deal with the gamma radiations out you said these white <laughs> these fools don't know what they're doing. But just the fact, I mean, see, just the idea. I mean, so, yeah, so when we get back in power, I don't know if we even should have the discussion of using nuclear energy unless we have a clear and proper way of how to dispose of that damn waste. If we don't have a clear and asasaya cool way to dispose of that waste, then we will need to create some other ways to largely um, largely um, generate power for our African nation because that would be going against a major, major tenet of the Nyame Shesha paradigm and of just African common sense. And then it also said... The, the, the places must be maintained and or restored to their pristine condition. So we're not going to go blow off mountaintops to get energy. Or if you destroy the forest, you know, rebuild that forest and then appease the spirits of the forest to come back and apologize to all that sort of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of African work that we need to do uh, just for Sasaya and just to make her happy again. Number 10, those complex and interrelated components of a given ecosystem should be well understood so as to facilitate ordered and sustainable usage. I've heard countless amount of stories where one aspect of an ecosystem was taken out and that whole ecosystem starts effing up to the nth degree. And then almost overnight when you put that element that you took out back in, then the ecosystem goes back into stability. I mean, from, you know, you, you take out a certain aspect of bees that were doing certain things in an environment, you take those out, and so then another aspect that was being held in check by the bees then runs amok. And so you put those particular bees back into into that ecosystem, and so then it takes care of 
the um, that group that the bees were actually put on the planet Earth to hold in check. Um, I mean, and, and I'm sure those are listening who will listen, who will be listening, ha- have heard their own aspects of it, where something else, the the, the uh, Baba Baba Koto, he he gives the example a few times of. Um, and by the way, Nobles, he does it. He did it too. As far as you look at a community of bulls, and they took out all of the old bulls, and so all of the yeah, all of the old bulls, and so the the, the younger bulls now have no older bulls to learn how to be a bull from, and so they're running amok all throughout that that bull. I forget the words. So I'll say community, but herd or whatever, and 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 just. You know, doing whatever they want to do to the women of of the herd, and 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 fighting amongst each other because they don't have the old bull energy there to um keep it in check. And then once they put the 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 the, the old bulls back there, almost overnight, you see the young bulls snap back into line. And they seem like they innately know what to do now <laughs> because just of the presence of that older bull. And so, again, that just ties into this piece of you got to understand the certain ecosystems. you got to understand the ecosystems very well and its complex nature and its interrelated nature so you can facilitate order and sustainable usage with it because if you, you know, mess it up, and extract too much of something, you throw the whole thing out of whack. Number 11, it is appropriate to seek to restore the natural environment where the ability of natural resources to restore the order have been previously interrupted or destroyed. It is appropriate to seek to restore the natural environment where the ability of natural Oh, if natural processes, excuse me, to restore the order had been previously interrupted or destroyed. So some of these dams that had been done, we might have to bust some of those up if it's been messing up areas. Um, some of these factories that are just emitting crazy amounts of smog and smoke into the atmosphere on the continent, we might have to break that up uh, if the natural processes of restoration have been interrupted um, due to stupidity <laughs> um, and, and getting ecological balance back, we may have to seriously look at that particular process and um, figure out if we want to keep it around or not. Economic, the, the last one under Sasaya, economic development, should be planned in a way that does not deplete or degrade the natural resources. Those plans should provide for substantive protection of those resources for future generations. Whatever economic system we're going to come up with, whether it's in existence now and we just tweak it, or if it's something that we create from a sustained study of our traditional and ancient economic systems, whatever it is, 
we have to plan it in a way that it's not a duplicate of what's going on now. I've read too many stories of deforestation throughout the continent that is being happily done by continental Africans, by disrupted Africans on the continent based on money. And so I don't care how many elephants I got to kill. I want those tusks so I can take the tusks to the white man so I can get some money. I don't care how many trees I got to cut down. I got to get this lumber so I can get the money from the white man. We have to set up an economic system that puts a priority on Asasaya and puts a deep, deep, heavy, um, and backed punishment on those who will deliberately violate Asasaya for money. You cannot destroy the place where you live <laughs> for money. If you destroy the planet, we die. I, I, I don't see how that just doesn't make sense to everyone. And you don't go in and just get, tear up all of your own natural environment where you've been living and where your people have been living for some developers and for some money. If people say this is a sacred area, leave it the expletive alone, period. I don't care what it's in the way of. I don't care what elaborate plans some Caucasoids or Monsanto or whoever the hell wanted to create. This has been deemed sacred area. Find another place to build whatever the hell you want to build, period. Period. Don't don't give me don't try to give me an extra ten million, twenty million. No, don't give my family. Uh, no, find another spot to do it at, or you can't do it. And Africa is arguably, you know, the largest, and not the second largest place on the planet. So it's got enough area. All of the places aren't sacred. You know, you can talk to the to the right group of people, the right group of elders that know, you know, the area and be like, all right, you can have that area to do what you need to do. But you can't have this area, period. Balance. So, this again, that piece is key and critical. Economic development should be planned in a way that does not deplete or degrade natural resources. Those plans should provide for substantive protection of those resources for future generations. Quite simple and direct and to the point. And actually, since I said I ain't going to do no rushing, I don't want to rush through the spiral cycle spirocyclic nature of history and the social order. So we'll go ahead and just stop right here. And um, next week, ah, next week maybe. Oh, man, yeah, because I will be at the uh, Parisian piece. So um, keep checking in with the show and see if I've scheduled another show. 
um, because I know it said two to seven, and I have to rush back here. So I'm not exactly sure yet if next week we'll be having a show based on I know I'll be at the, um, uh, more than likely I'll be at the Arisha Feast. Um, so I may have to either just not do a show or put together another lecture show. So I don't know yet. So just we'll, we'll play that one by ear. But, um, but, yeah, we will continue with this until completion because getting these standards down is highly, highly key and critical. The, the, this willy-nilly, if it's black, it's African BS has went on for far too long, and it's confusing and it's incorrect and and it's not giving people um, what we're looking for. It's not moving us forward. There are specific and direct um, African ways of being, knowing, doing, and living. We have to re-know and relearn those specific African ways of being, living, knowing, and doing. Asase, yeah. <laughs> in Yame and Sheshe, in Yame's order, these stairs of being African are... It's not exhaustive, it's not full and totally complete, but it is the, the, the largest, the best, most complete, most thorough uh, pulling together of those aspects of being, knowing, living, and doing that I've come across in, in my studies. And so um, sharing this with other folks so that, again, we can incorporate it into our own being and thinking. And it's going to take some time to incorporate some of this African thought into our into the fiber of our being because we've only been given and we only know in the in the main um this European way of engaging reality. So I know it's gonna take a while. And I know some of it may have sounded, you know, just out there and just different from what you're used to. It's supposed to, because you probably haven't heard Africa on her own terms before tonight because folks have misrepresented her to uh, for their own agendas and for their own ends. And so one of the main, main things from the umbrella, Bolikaja Enterprises, to this particular show, Africa's Reascension, is to let Africa speak on her own terms with her own voice. Before colonization, before the confusion, before our own internal stupidities started the whole thing, we had a way of living, being, knowing, and doing that sustained us for 200,000 to 300,000 years. And that's still sustaining us right now in certain areas on the continent. We are the oldest people on the planet, and we got there for living certain ways, for interacting in certain ways, for doing certain things and behaving in certain ways. And while we are not in our pristine environment, and all, most of us were not born in Africa. Africa was born in us. 
And so here at Africa's Reascension, we're attempting to give you Africa on her own terms, let you hear her voice probably for the first time ever. (laughs) And hopefully that will resonate with the African that's in you. And then you can move forward in your own personal study, in your own personal life transformations, back into a sovereign African person living in today. And then it's up to us to link together and figure out how to use this wisdom and make it work for us in the day that we're living in. You don't have to give it up because you're in a new day and in a new land. No, you have to learn it and hold on to it even tighter, especially when you're in an anti-African environment. You have to latch on to it and know it even tighter. And then you have to even then you have to, you know, really have some Intellectual flexibility and, and, and there was another word I was looking for And it just left me um, fluid, Sophistication in, in understanding how to use it And keep it African in, in, in the true sense But also make it applicable And make it um, work For us In the present day Not enough of us are thinking on that line because if we were, then we wouldn't have all this other stupidity that's going on as far as, I know, African, I'm American, all this great stuff is in America, so I'm going to focus on America, America, America. Woohoo! No. If we understood really, really who and what we were and are, that's what you latch on to. And that's what you attempt to re-understand and reuse for present-day success wherever you are on the planet, wherever you are on the planet. And so, on that note, before I hear a little thing in my voice, we'll go ahead and end. Um, Thank you so much. It was a nice turnout in the call queue, a nice turnout in the chat room. I want to thank everyone. Um, Please come back because we're going to continue the (laughs) discussion. I just saw somebody else just favorite the show, so I want to thank you for that. Um, if you haven't, um, create a little profile and um, follow the show, favorite it, so you get all the updates and everything once they happen, all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, and, and make sure to do that this time because i got to see if we're going to be having a show next week. Um whether it's going to be a lecture show or if it'll be no show or if it'll be part two of standards of being African in Yame's orders. So uh, stay tuned, stay in touch. Uh, and, it, again, if you want a copy, a PDF of the document that I've been reading from because I don't know if you can download it from Google Docs, just hit me up at Kamau, K-A-M-A-U, 301 and I have it in PDF format and I can just shoot it to you and you can have it to uh, do with it as you will you know frame each page up and and, and put it up at your jingili at your altar so you can see the standards or maybe just you know just Saban Trinay 
So it can give you, you know, some patterns of how to go about your day-to-day life, however you want to use it, you know, in the African sense, you know. Use them moving forward. Recite them, recite certain parts of them to yourself as you're pouring your daily or weekly libations. Uh, Recite some of them maybe at the beginning of gatherings or events to help censor everybody on a bit of what Africa on her own terms is to help divorce it from the confusion that other folks are deliberately bringing into it. However you want to do it. So, yeah, Kamau 301, K-A-M-A-U, 301, shoot me up with an email and I can send it to you um, in PDF format. But um, we'll see if we'll have a show next week. But, um, again, if you're in the D.C. area, come on down and check out um, the, the, the ABCI conference. I'll be there from Wednesday to Saturday. Um, there is a charge, you know, because it's a national conference and everyone's going to be in, so check it out, abpsi.org. Um, it'll be a phenomenal, phenomenal conference. I'm really looking forward to it. And then next Sunday from um, – or in Tool, we'll be having the Orisha Feast uh, hosted by the Temple of Vinyame on T Street, 1501 T Street, Southeast, uh, giving praise to the Orisha and the Abbasun and all of that. So, yeah, let's go ahead. Try to close one more time. Abibi Fahodie. Total African liberation. Yabedi Inconim. We will be victorious. Madasi, Madasi, Madasi for all the support. Please continue to support. Click all the links on the page. Um, share it with your friends. Let them know Africa will reascend. I hate it when it won't play my stuff. <laughs> the switchboard ain't died while I want to play. Played the last Okay, so it just won't play. All right, again, Abibi Fahodie, Total African Liberation, Yabedi Inconem, we will be victorious.